All right, if you're out in the foyer, you're talking, you're doing a good job, but why don't you make your way on back in this way? You're not taking your kids in, you've got your coffee, so I know we're, we're in good shape this morning. Um, if you're joining us on, on Facebook, uh, I'm glad you've been here, I'm glad you've been a part, I'm glad we got the audio to a better standard where you don't have to hold the phone up to your ear to hear the audio, so um, I appreciate the guys in the back that have worked really hard this morning um, to, to make sure it's a good sound, and uh, it's only going to get, it's only going to get better. Um, right after we get done here, if you can hang out for a little bit, we've got um, lunch across the hall in the fellowship hall, so please stay if you need to go. I know some of you got to go. It's, it, is, it is what it is, uh, <laughs> praying that the archery tournament, uh, they win and they dominate, you know, not just win, but obliviate. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but serious. Um, but if you can stay and, and hang out, and Pastor Lee will be here for a while if you want to talk to him, ask him some questions one-on-one, because I know sometimes... Um, Feelings are real, emotions are real, uh, and the questions that you have, you may not want to bring up, you may not be ready to bring up in a, in a public forum. Um, so he'll be around for a while afterwards. Uh, I'm, basically, he'll be here as long as he needs to be. I know, I know <laughs> Pastor Lee, so he'll be here as long as he needs to be. So, so if you need to, somebody to stand with you, we're here. So lunch right afterwards, uh, here in a minute. If you've got questions, again, this will be the opportunity for you to ask your questions. I'm really surprised we haven't had more questions. I can't be doing that good of a job of communicating. Um, I think, again, it's just this nemesis that we're afraid to talk about it. We're afraid to ask. We don't want to sound silly. We don't want to sound like we're lacking in faith or whatever. But, uh, again, I don't have all the answers. I'm not God. I have some answers. And what I've experienced and what I've been through and the number of people I've been able to help I will give you as much as I can and offer as much as I can, but we, I really would appreciate you because I, I can talk all day long. That's my calling in life. I got spankings for talking. I talk when nobody's listening. It's, it's my talent, and so I know me. I can talk, but what I'd rather do is talk about things that people are actually interested in, so if you're watching, if you want to text those questions in, I'd be happy to take those. I am going to share again. The goal is not for you and I to have all the answers, for you to be theologically correct in everything and know the Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. Our goal is actually to trust God and to help others walk this out and to know that they are loved through the process. I can't overemphasize the power of somebody being there in your time of struggle to let you vent, to let you talk, to just be in your presence while you try to work through all the things that are going on in your mind. Again, Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said. I've done funerals where people came up to me and said, man, that was so encouraging, really helped me out. And so I'll ask them, well, what did I say? I don't know. They have forgot what I said. But they remembered how it made them feel. And so... If we can make people feel loved, if we can make people feel valued, if we can help people see they don't have to go through this alone, if we would take the initiative, because there's this time that everybody needs to to get through, just, just leave me alone for a little bit, that's the right thing. They need to process through some of that. But they also need to get back involved in life, which is the last thing they want to do. They don't want to have to go to church and face all the people asking them how they're doing. They don't want to be asked about those things. 
They don't want to go back to work where people are like, are you okay? But that's what that's a part of the process, and we all need to go through that. And so we need to be there. We need to be proactive in helping them realize it's a process, and we're there for them. I, let me say this. It's not in my notes, but if you've recently lost a spouse, don't make any major decisions right now. I've always told people my whole Christian life, if you're on a high, high or a low, low, do not make a decision. It won't, it'll seldom, if ever, be the right decision. I know people who have sold their home and moved because every room reminds them of that person. And then a year or two into it, wish they still had their house because that's where the grandkids remember and that's where the grandkids wanted to come and now everything's new. They gave away all the possessions tucked away all the pictures, or some even burned them just because they they wanted to get rid of the pain so bad. And they often, very often, regret having made those decisions uh, in that time. So, So be there for them. Help them to walk things out and to not make those kind of rash decisions. Because all of us have felt like, I'm going to let them have it, and then the next day we, we realize we were angry and we don't feel that way at all. Just one day's difference. We're going to quit our job, and then we go back and things change, and we're glad we have our job. Don't make any radical decisions right now. It'll probably be the wrong one. Um, we've already talked about, and I have a real fear for, for some Christians that I have talked to who basically have taken this stance of, I'm going to hold God accountable to his word, and I'm going to make God do what he said in his word. Uh, he is God, and it's a, it's a fearful, he's holy. And to, to take a stance, even with God's word, that you're going to make God do a particular thing is a wrong stance, and it's going to cost you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful in my heart when people are like, this is what your word says, and you're going to do this, God. He is God, and we are not. And so I, I get concerned about people who have a God that's their butler doing what they want. God, I want you to do this. God, I need you to do that. God, would you make this happen? God, would you do that? Instead of God being God and sovereign and there to help you not be a slot machine that you put your quarter in and hit the jackpot. It's a wrong sense, and I see a lot of Christians who've gone to certain schools and everything like that, that they've taken a stance where, man, this is God's word, and I'm going to hold God accountable. Do you understand the arrogance of, I am going to hold God accountable? Uh, that's, that's a bad stance. The other thing I see that I just mentioned briefly is people having a consumer Christianity where they pick out the verses that make them feel good, pick out the verses that serve them, like, like the man who picks out the verse, wives, submit unto your husbands. Oh, I love that verse. Well, what about the one that says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and was willing to die for her? Well, Pastor Lee, I'm willing to die for my wife. Who are you kidding? You won't even go shopping with her. <laughs> Give me a break. Right? So we pick and choose the verses that say what we want. And that's a dangerous, that consumer Christianity is going to cost you. Because it's not that what you're holding on isn't true, it's incomplete. There's a balance to all of those things. Here's the one I want to help us work through. And that's this idea that um, 
Trials perfect us. You know, trials and tribulations, they perfect us. First off, that's not what it says. It says trials and tribulations work with patience, and patience has her perfect work. So we don't even, we don't even quote it right. But can I, say, can I say to you, beloved, if trials and tribulations made us perfect, why aren't we perfect? Have you not been through anything? I'm, I've been through enough in my 60-plus years that if trials and tribulations perfected me, man, I'd be shiny. I'm telling you. Well, that's that's the, wrong, the wrong thing to be thinking about, that trials and tribulations perfect you, that losing and the pain are going to make you perfect. No, no, no. Hear me, hear me, beloved. Responding correctly to these things will help mature us. If you get mad at God and blame God, you're not going to be made mature. You're going to be made bitter. It is responding correctly to the things we are going through that cause us to be mature. It's like fire. If you respond correctly to fire, it can warm you up on a cold day. You respond incorrectly to fire, it'll burn you. It is not the fire that changes, it's your response to the fire and your position to the fire that makes it beneficial or negative. And when we go through things, turning to the Lord, being honest with God about how you're feeling and what you're going through, because God can handle any feeling you have. God can handle anything you have to say to him. He's a big, he's a big boy. He can even handle you getting mad at him because he's going to stick it out. He's going to be there. So responding correctly to trials and tribulations, responding correctly to loss and pain is what's going to bring maturity in our life, not just facing those things. I know lots of people who face those things and they've just got bitter. It didn't help them one bit. It made them a basket case. So it's responding correctly not the trials and tribulations uh, themselves. And then I, I just want to say this. Just because it happened doesn't mean it's God's will. It's one of the things I disagree with in, in James's book, and I've honored his book. It's a great book, When God Doesn't Make Sense. But he's kind of taken the stance that if this happened, it's obvious that this is God's will for that person to have, have died or for that situation to have happened. But beloved, just because a thing happens doesn't mean it's God's will. It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Yet people die every day and go to a devil's hell that wasn't prepared for them because of the choices they made, not because it was God's will. And so just because, well, God can do anything. Well, then why doesn't he make you pay your tithes? Sorry, Amen. sorry, Amen. That, sorry, that was... A, <laughs> if God can do anything, then there's a lot of things that we've got messed up. Here's the thing. God will do what he said he will do, and God can be trusted, but to take a stance that everything that happens is God's will. It's like the guy that fell down the stairs... And said, thank God that's over with, thinking it was God's will. No, it was God's will for you to turn on the light before you went down the stairs. <laughs> it's God's will for us to walk in wisdom. So just because the thing happens doesn't mean that it was God's will. There are lots of things that happen. And lots of things that God wants us to do 
that, that we say no to. I mean, if you'll be honest, there are things God has asked you to do that you have struggled with doing. And so, let me just give you an example. I was, I was raised by a non-Christian family. Love my mom, love my dad. My mom's in heaven, my dad's still around. I don't want to do anything to disrespect them. But we were raised heathen. We, we didn't go to church. I don't even know if we had a Bible in our house. So when I got saved, I, I just, got, just got saved. and just believed what it said. And so I'm, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm, I'm walking with God. I'm hearing what, whatever happens must be, must be God's will. And I'm looking at stuff going, how, how, can that, how can that be God's will? And yet I was told by preachers, I was told by leaders, well, that, that must, have been, must have been God. Uh, okay. So as I begin to, to learn and to grow, I begin to actually read the Word of God, which is pretty good, pretty good if, 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 you, if you're going to follow God, to read God's Word. And I begin to realize that stuff happened that wasn't God's will, but he had to, he had to work through it with them. It was God's will for Saul to be the king of Israel. God said, he's the next king. But somewhere between Saul being made king and fulfilling his destiny, he got all torqued out of place about David, and got, he tried to kill David. For the, there's a scripture that says he tried to kill David for the rest of his life. Every day he sought to take David's life. This is, this is God's choice, and somewhere between God's choice, what God wanted, and what God received were two different things. God told me when I was pastoring this little bitty church, he said, give that guy $20. Well, at that time, he might as well have told me to give him $2,000 today. It's a lot of money for me. We were barely scraping along. And this guy's got a, like an $800 Armani suit on. I'm like, that dude needs to give me $20. And I heard the Spirit of God say again, give him $20. And I struggled, and I struggled, and I struggled. Finally, the end of the service, I couldn't, I had to give him that $20. Come to find out, he was homeless and had been given that suit. See, so it was God's will for him to get that money, but I was resisting the voice of God. I've had God speak to me and tell me to do a thing and take me three days to pray through to do it. And then do it, and the guy tell me, well, three days ago, the Lord told me when I prayed that he answered this prayer. Well, what delayed the answer? It wasn't the devil. <laughs> it was, okay, maybe it was the devil. <laughs> it, it, was, it was me having to pray through and get my heart right and get my mindset on. So there are a lot of things that happen that are not God's will, but God is working with you through it. So, Jeremy, I know you had some things you wanted to I do. we got a share. question here, though, okay. uh, from Facebook just before we go any farther. What would you say to someone telling you to go and lay hands on someone that is gone and pray and believe that they are raised up, but well, you're not hearing it from God? If you're not hearing from God, go get a cup of coffee and don't go lay hands because you're just going to make the, the people of God and the things of God look silly in, in the eyes of people. You better hear from God. You better know that it's God and there better be a response. That's the problem with faith people is that we do stuff that make God look like he's not God and make the Christian realm look different than what it is. Um, 
I know our hearts. And let me just say, when, when, my, when my daughter lost her husband at, at 32, the, we're at the family night. No, we're at the funeral. People are passing by. The very first person that came by, he's in the casket. He's been embalmed, all these different things. The very first person that came by said to her, we're still believing for him to be raised from the dead. You talk about crush her. Uh, their hearts were right. But we had all the time before then to believe for him to be raised from the dead, and he wasn't raised from the dead. To say that to her then is nothing but harmful. And so we have to be really, really careful about we're going to do this in faith. You need to hear the voice of God. But if you hear the voice of God, because I've had people I've prayed for raised from the dead. I, I do know what that's like, but I heard from God, and I knew it was God, and God answered that prayer. There's a lot of things that we blame on God that God didn't have anything to do with. We tried to force the hand of God and make God do what we wanted instead of hearing the voice of God. Let me take it out of the raising them from the dead because that's just going to create problems for people. I know a guy who was in a revival with me, and the Lord told him to give away his car. So he gave away his car, and the next day a man bought him a brand new car, not having any idea that he gave his car away the night before. But God blessed him with a brand new car. So that testimony was shared that night. The following day, that night, it was shared that God gave him a new car. Well, another guy heard that and gave away his car. And he walked for six months. And then he ended up buying an old $200 clunker because nobody gave him a car. If you don't hear God, then be careful what you go and do because you don't want to make the Word of God and the things of God look different than they are. But if you hear God and you know it's God, you need to go, no matter what happens. Because if it's the voice of God, you're going to grow in it no matter what. But I wouldn't, even, even if I was going to do that, I would probably uh, want to do that with nobody else in the room. I would want to do that between me and God. I wouldn't want to bring doubt and hurt into other, other people that are connected to that. I think what you went back to a while ago um, in trying to have all the answers, you know, it, it is hard. You bet. It is hard to go and, and, and be with a family and them look at you and go, why did this happen? What, what we were believing and to sit in that moment and be okay with saying, I don't, I don't know. know. You know, Very at good. that point, you feel like you're missing the mark. But so often, somebody put on here, um, and this is what not to say. <laughs> this is what not to say. If we're not faithful enough for believing that, how faithful are we? This was brought up to us in a loss. Mm. If you're not faithful enough to believe, even what you were talking about, about raising from the dead, how faithful are you? <laughs> it doesn't, in that moment, that didn't bring anything yeah. but anger. But anger, absolutely. And, and a feeling of... Uh, of even beginning in their own lives to, to, okay, did I miss it? That's not the moment in time to deal with, did I miss it? Yeah. It's the moment right there to go through the process of grieving. You know, and, and in one of the processes of grieving that we've all gone through is anger. Anger yes. is a process. You can say, I'm not going to get mad, <laughs> but you will. You can say, I'm going to be just fine. I'm not going to get mad at God. But in, prob- in all probability, you, you will. will. Yeah. It's part of the process of going through. And, and, and in going through it, it's okay to be angry. You know, that's the cool thing and the <laughs> neat thing about God. God knows who he is. That's right. 
Just because little old Jeremy gets mad at him doesn't make God fall off and go, oh, no, what's happened? The world's out of balance. I don't know what to do anymore because, because Jeremy's mad at me. It's okay. It's okay to go through a process. But there is a time that comes when you have to hear the voice of the Lord and him going, okay, yeah. it's now time to move on. Very you good. know, my sister was born in, in 88 and passed away in 90, 1990. And it was a hard time. I was only 10 when all this stuff went down. And so I went through a season of my sister spent the first six months of her life in the hospital. Yeah. Mom was gone five days a week. Dad was at home. It was before my brothers. It was just us. He was trying to work. He was trying to make ends meet. He was feeling torn of, of being with his wife and his daughter and, and being home. And I was trying to go through school. It was a chaotic time from what my 10-year-old brain remembers. Mm-hmm. And they had to go through things as, as, as a husband and a wife, as a mom and a dad, that thankfully I haven't experienced yet. I haven't had to go through that. But they had to go through that turmoil, that, that inner pain of, one, making ends meet, continuing to provide, but going, how are we going to pay for all these medical bills? Yeah. That was 1988. Medical bills were a lot at Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. They're a whole lot more now. And we have to be okay as, as believers to be there in that moment. That if God says, you don't have to have all the answers, but he says, just be there. Right. Just go mow the yard. That's the one thing that I remember when my sister died and we're on our way home. Uh, we were in a minivan that um, some people had, were driving for us, driving us home. And my parents have told us later it was a crazy drive home. It was a, it was a scary drive home just in the traffic and getting through traffic and, and being uncomfortable. But I can remember waking up and us pulling into our, into our house and seeing somebody out there mowing the yard. Man. Did it really matter in that moment? No, it really didn't matter whether the yard was mowed or not. But really, it did matter because it was something going, you know what? Somebody may not know what to say, know what to do, but they stepped in in an area they could help in the moment because they knew there were going to be people that came in and out of our house. Yeah. And they stepped in. But it, it's okay. The one thing that, I, that I've learned in this short stint uh, of being a, a campus pastor and the funerals that I've gone through is it's okay to be upset. Absolutely. It's okay not to have all the answers. But it's learning to lean on and to tether, as we've been talking about, to the one that has all the answers. Because he's for you. He's not against you. Yep. So, Dad, from a, from a... Why don't you come on up here? And While he's he, coming. Yeah. Anger is not actually the issue. Bible says death is the last enemy. Death is our enemy. Anger is actually the right response. We need to be angry. This, there's, he's our enemy. But it's what we do with that anger. And staying connected to the Lord, he's going to take that anger and turn it the right way. So as a, as a husband and as a dad that went through that... Well, one of my early... start right here. On the... Uh,
Stand this line. Now, I, I love pulling pranks on people. And if I pull a prank on you, I want you to like the prank when I pull it on you. If you don't like the prank after it's pulled on you, it's one that makes me mad if people have did that. Well, the Lord is asking me these questions really quick, just like that. And I'm firing back answers, just like that. And then at one point I went, that's a good answer. I didn't know I even knew the answer to that. And uh, then the Lord says, well, why do you die? And I said, because of Adam's sin. And he said, so Bethany died because of what the devil did, not what I did. And then I saw myself turn around, walk over, hug, and literally kiss the devil. And I turned and looked at the Lord, and I said, what? And he said so clearly to me that this many years later, I still remember it. He said, if you don't worship me knowingly, you unknowingly worship the devil. What choices do you have? There's no in-between ground. And all of a sudden, that was over with. 
Well, I didn't immediately go, oh God, I'm in love with you again. But it began to change something in my heart. Over the next several months, it began to change on a, on a basis. I can't go back and say daily basis, but it began to change. And to a place where I could actually go, okay, I can worship you again. Now it was years later, and at my old location out uh, by American Nation Bank out towards Long Grove, I'm making a turn to come back into my office, and as I'm going down Broadway, going east, for whatever reason, this is years later, it's about five, ten years ago, I uh, just look into the sky, I said, okay, God, thank you for taking her. I'm, I appreciate that. I, I'm good with that. Thank you. I made the turn to come back to the office. Couldn't have been 20 seconds. I made that turn to come back to the office. And I went, okay, over there I was really glad. Over here I don't feel so glad. Because you really want to touch them again. You really want to see them again. You really want to be with them again. But the anger does come up. But the great thing that I found out, and the Lord really showed me this so clearly, during all the time, if you would have asked me, Larry, are you going to heaven or hell back here in this state? I would have told you real quick, I'm going to hell, and I really don't care. That's just how I felt. When it was all, when I came through this great deal of anger, I understood more about the grace of God and His compassion for me than I'd ever been able to minister to anybody about or share. I, I knew it inside so well that during that time, He was literally holding me close, and I'm a kid that's fighting. I stepped on a nail one time when I was a little bit of a kid. My parents came out to grab me and hold me. <laughs> what do I do? I stepped on it three times before I could get off of it. And I ran from them. Now, why would you run from them? But that was just probably my personality. But I ran from my parents. I was trying to run from God. And God's love didn't, didn't give up on me. So whatever you're going through, if anger comes, God's big enough. Let me uh, think about God's conversation and thank you. That's, that's going to help so many people. God has a conversation with Jonah. Jonah's angry. He's angry because of a plant that died and he's in the sun, and he's not happy that a whole city came to know the Lord. He's angry because he told them they were going to die, and now they're not. And God says to him, Jonah, do you do well to be angry? Now, write this down in your notes. If God asks you a question, it isn't because he doesn't know the answer. If God asks you a question, it's because he's wanting you to think outside of that train of thought. God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where he was. He wanted Adam to say, I'm hiding from God in a bush. Adam, who are you listening to? Adam said, I'm naked. God says, who told you? The question that God asks is never because he doesn't know the answer. He's wanting you to think past where you are right now. And so God asks Jonah, he says, do you do the right thing to be angry? And Jonah, in essence, shakes his fist at God and says, even unto death, it's the right thing. Now, that's dumb, saints, to the second power. When God asks you a question, it's because he wants you to think differently. Anger is never the problem. God says in his word, be ye angry and sin not. It's what we do with that anger that creates the problem. When the enemy allows that anger to get settled in where we're angry at God, he's beginning to gain ground. 
But the beautiful thing of the story is God didn't go anywhere. God can handle our anger. God can handle, handle being blamed even. God can handle all these things. The problem is we can't handle it. That's why it needs to be dealt with. God can handle you being angry with him your whole entire life. It's, it's you who are affected by that, not, not the Lord. So I need us to hear it, it's okay to be honest. I think we talked about it earlier. Well, their feelings. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're lonely. Sometimes we feel it's our fault. It's okay to be honest because your feelings are real. They're just not always right. But if you'll present them to the Lord, he'll help you deal with those emotions. So, so today, as, as we begin to kind of <clears throat> dial down, you're going to have things happen in your life. Whether you're a volunteer in the church, whether you're on staff at a location, or you're doing something like that, it doesn't matter. You're going to have people in contact with you that just need to know that you're there. Amen. You don't have to have the right answer. Just, just be there in the room. Be present, as he talked about, in the room. Versus, oh, I can't deal with it. I'm running the other way. That's yeah. the easy thing to do. But really and truly, when we've all been in those dark moments of our lives, we really true, do crave somebody be, to be there with us just to sit there. Yeah. That's one of the other things that when my sister passed away, there was a couple... And I've gone, no, anyway, there's a couple that they said, and it wasn't even up to mom and dad, if I remember right, we're staying in your house tonight. (laughs) We're not going to do anything. We're going to sleep on the couch. Well, we're going to bed. That's fine. We're here. If you need us, you just know that we're here. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Okay. Because again, I was 10. That's (laughs) a long time. Okay, so their story, they knew something, and they weren't going to say, hey, we're going to stay right here outside your door. If we hear anything, we're running in. It was just the moment of being present, being in the area, being in the room that's vital for us as believers. And second of all, letting people that were around know it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel lost. It's okay because we don't have all the answers. (laughs) But I do know someone that has all the answers. And sometimes he tells us as believers to shut up. Just be in the room. Just be present. So you're going to have people that you come in contact with. And the one thing that I'm hoping you get out of this is that you don't have to run the other way. Don't get so scared because I don't have the answers. Yeah. Be okay with you don't have the, all, all the answers. But I'm going to be present in the room. Amen. Yeah. Let me say this. One of the things I say at every uh, gathering when, when I meet with a family and we talk about what they want at the funeral, all that kind of stuff, I always say, I want to apologize for the stupid things people are going to say because it just happens. It's inevitable. They say the dumbest stuff. Now, their hearts are right, but I think because they're afraid, I think because they're out of their comfort zone, they just say the first thing that comes to their mind or whatever. People say stupid stuff. So I apologize for that. But you said something right there that he was talking about. Those people saying we're going to stay. They'd recently, within a year or so, had lost a child themselves. Short time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, that the God of all comfort, he comforts us 
so that we may be able to comfort others with the same comfort we ourselves were comforted with. Now, because I'm in the South, I tell people that's a whole lot of Southern comfort. It's, it's just the right kind of comfort. What he's saying is this. For some, it's going to be step 39, and they're on step 3, but God has a, helped me through loss so many times, and even helping other people through loss, and he says this, he would do it if you were the only one on the planet. He would still do it for you. He would comfort you. But God is a generational thinker. God is eternally minded. And so God wants to help you so that you in time can help someone else. Because they'd been comforted, they were willing to come help comfort you. And that's, that's really where I see myself today. Because I've been through so much and the Lord has been gracious and good to me, I'm now able to take that comfort and lend it to others and offer it to others and say, I know it's dark right now. I know it's painful right now, but joy comes in the morning. There will be a day coming when life will be again and joy will flow again. And it's because I've been comforted, we're able to comfort others. Many of you, God's going to help you through things so that you will be able to help others through things. Before we close is there anybody in the room anybody online i know a few of you have, have have posted a few things on here that you've got a question you've got a thought um teresa while you're headed that way um or he's coming this way there's a book out there called all about funerals and you may think you don't need that book but what i'm finding is a lot of the next generation they have not gone to church they don't feel like going to church, and so they don't have a connection with any pastor. And I've seen this phenomenon happen more and more and more. They're not asking me to do the funerals anymore. They're asking their uncle. They're asking their brother. They're asking their best friend who they know go to church, would you do this funeral for me? And you don't have to have a license to do a funeral. You have to have a license to do a wedding. So I don't encourage people to just do funerals. But that book has helped more people because I went from A to Z. Here's what you're responsible for. Here's what you're, here's where you contacted. So you may consider, if uh, you know somebody, even getting the book for them, because I'm seeing a whole lot of people being asked that that didn't used to be what happened. <laughs> Amen. Those are my girls. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would ever, and I said, this is not stupid. I have not cried since Walter died. I'm crying over two dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm crying over two dogs. Amen. You know, <clears throat> thank you for being bold. Um, you know, a lot of times, too, people will say, um, man, I, there's no way I could go through losing a son or a daughter or a husband. I don't, I don't have the grace for that. And the truth is, you don't, because you, you don't need it. The Bible says we find grace in time of need. And so when and if that time comes, there is grace for you at that time. But a lot of times that grace is so incredibly powerful that people will wonder why you're not responding a particular way, but it's the grace of God getting you through. There will be time on the other side for anger or for grief or for sorrow or whatever. But in that moment of grace, people will look at you and oftentimes they can misjudge that you're not crying like they cried or you're not angry like they were angry and they're trying to make you them. But there's a grace that comes. And, and I've walked through, when I lost my daughter, I've walked through that where I, I didn't cry either till later. So, again, thank you for being so honest. That's powerful. And it's a process. Let yourself off the hook and just walk through the process because what works for you might not work for somebody else, but if it gets you where you need to be, then it's what you needed. It may not be what they needed. So, again, thank you. So as we, as we close, there's been a lot of practical things to help you deal with it from going through somebody else going through it, but also through yourself, to help yourself see that some of the emotions that you, you have experienced or will experience are going to be okay. I mean, my sister's been passed away since 90, and there can be little things that trigger a memory or trigger, and my, my kids 
my wife, my kids, know when that look hits my eye. What do they do? They just come and give me a hug. And then as manly as I can be, I sniff the crying away or completely let go and bawl like a baby. And that's okay. There's things that happen that I can't say, why did that thought hit my head? Maybe it was the way the wind blew. Maybe it was a scent in the air that just it caused something to happen. They're going to happen. And it's not going to be explained. I don't know why I remembered in that one moment, but it's okay. I can look back now, and really and truly in that moment, I'm not thankful for them, but I'm thankful for those moments because I get to remember who my sister was on this earth, the things that we got to experience as as a 10-year-old little boy with, with my sister that even my kids now, my daughter will go, I wish I got to meet your sister, or I wish I got to meet my aunt. Yeah. And it's neat that I can pass those things along and share now the, the good memories and the times that, yes, I'm glad she's in heaven, but the times I look back up to God and go, I want her back now. That's right. So these things are okay to go through. And today, as, as we dismiss, I'm going to have you pray here in just a minute, um, that if you need somebody to stand with you, um, you know, dad's here, my, there's others here that want to stand with you. And just be that person to say, we're praying with you. In whatever season you're going through, whatever, whatever stage of loss or grief, or, or maybe you're wanting to know that you can stand with somebody else. Because you can. Yeah. That's why we're here. And so as we close, and even the ones that are, that are watching us on Facebook. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do not want to minimize the hurt and the pain that comes with loss, the grieving, the process. I do thank you, Father God, that you said in your word you are close to the brokenhearted, that you follow even closer as they're walking through these situations. You are not far away. I know their feelings may tell them you're not there, you're far away, you're doing something else. But Lord, you said in your word, and we choose to believe your word, that you are close to the brokenhearted, that you draw near to the contrite and broken in spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for being with us, for your Holy Spirit comforting us and helping us day by day. We thank you for the friends that you send our way that represent the voice in the arms of the Lord reaching out to us, giving us a hug, taking us to dinner, asking how we're doing, spending time with us. We thank you, Lord God, that we are not alone. We have lost a lot, but we have not lost everything. We have not lost our relationship with you. We have not lost your love for us. We have not lost the faith that gets us through. And so, Father, I pray for everyone who's going through loss. Lord, I pray that they will feel and sense the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that they would know, Father God, that you are there with them and for them. I thank you for any instructions and wisdom that we have learned today that will help us to help people I I pray that we would apply it, that we would reach out and just be there for people, and that in time we can see just us doing, just us being was a comfort to them, and that their lives were impacted by our willingness to step in to the chaos. Father, I thank you that eternally minded says we're going to overcome, we're going to defeat the enemy, that death is a part But even in death, we overcome the wicked one. And so, Father, I thank you for the comfort 
that knowing that no matter what happens in this life, in the end, we win and we overcome and we are victorious and we will spend eternity with our loved ones again. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching the Facebook Live and this is after we've already finished and you've still got questions, you've still got prayer requests, please post them. Yes. Uh, we want to stand with you, um, get you connected with people that can help you get through what you're going through. If you're here in the room, don't forget we've got lunch right across the hall. Grab you some food. We're going to hang around if you need prayer, somebody to stand with you. Other than that, as he always says, let's go and change our world.